Hey everyone, welcome to episode three podcast with VLTV. I'm your boy Desmond. Hello everyone, it's Chris. Hope everybody had a great week. And so Chris, um, with this, you know, since first season, episode three, and I've been seeing on the news, so you know, saying a lot of things going on in Afghanistan as well as you know, saying everyone else is aware. Um, I don't know, it's just a lot of crazy stuff, man. Have you, you know, saying you did any research yourself and everything? You looked into it. Yeah, I've definitely looked into it a bit. I feel like because it's so personal to us, having been on Afghanistan soil for for a decent amount of time in January of what was it twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. It it's definitely something I've been trying to keep up to date on, and I don't think it's been great from an emotional standpoint just to read all the things going on. So it's definitely something I'm grateful that we can talk about, at least touch on a little bit during you know today's episode. But yeah, I definitely I definitely have read into it. I mean, what type of thoughts have you had so far, and in, in all your I don't want to say research, but all of what you've heard so far, what type of things are going through your head? Yeah, man, I definitely spent some time over uh, in Afghanistan myself. It was where I was able to be beside, you know, the uh, Afghan locals and definitely have some time with them, being able to talk and everything and just see a different perspective, see a whole different world, you know, once over there, a lot that, you know, we hear and taken for granted and everything in our day-to-day lives. And so, man, it was when looking at this stuff on the news and everything, man, just re- reliving certain moments and thanking so many families that these people, you know what I'm saying, these, these um, men and women are, you know what I'm saying, working for and everything and just trying to have a, some sort of, you know what I'm saying, great, a good life and everything, great life. It's, is crumbling down, you know, something we was trying to help them with and everything, um, building their armies or, you know, saying building their armies to um, help with structure. It's, it it seems as if it's gone now, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like you said, we were just kind of over there to help them out as much as possible, be able to sustain themselves Mm -hmm. once the inevitable exit did happen it was just kind of disheartening to it kind of feels like you pulled the rug out and rug pulled everybody really quickly even though you know i don't know how you personally feel about the reasons we were over there or you know and that's a huge conversation that probably could go on for days and days but i think it particularly angered me because I already felt like the war had gone on too long and not necessarily really needed to be in that war as long as we were. But then for it to just all be snatched out so quickly and crumbled, it definitely is something that, you know, gave me a lot of different emotions. I mean, hot and cold. And like I said, at the same time, I realized that we can't stay there forever and, Maybe this should have been done years ago, but it just feels like a slap in the face to a certain degree. I I know we personally took pride in being able to be over there and hold it down for the most part. And, you know, we lost we lost a lot of good people over there. But at the same time, it did feel good that the people and the locals and stuff like that were able to count on us to give them some type of protection 
from, you know, the horrible people out there that were doing horrible things. Cause a lot of those people, you know, were just like you and me just trying to, you know, be a, a citizen who abides by the rules and just a support system for their family that they can rely on. Oh yeah, definitely, bro. It, um, as you said, it, it definitely some you know some different intentions you know some other than just you know helping out the the Afghan military on us being there, and it played a part into you know saying us being there so long. I think that we um with with this you know saying happening us drawing out of Afghanistan especially the way we did it um, made it where it's difficult to really say that. For our allies in other areas, I think, especially uh, just on how long we've been training these guys and trying to do so much, it really hurt us or whatever. Um, in a lot of eyes, especially the Afghans, hey man, there's just, you know, people where for generations they are taught who their enemy is, they're taught who did what to them. And one of the things that I, I realized being over there, man, just and talking with so many friends um, and just building a better understanding of what's going on, realizing, you know, that it's just good, good and bad people everywhere. There's uh, people that will go out of their way to help you and others that don't even care for you to be in their, in their way. And so just building a, a, a friendship, building a relationship with so many and definitely where I, I feel something, bro. Um, and my bad to drag this on, man. Um, but I feel something for my guys that's no longer here fighting, um, putting so much at stake and it was just where it's okay. You know, this man just gave his all. What, what are we doing for these people so we, that we can finally have it where we no longer have to lose anybody else? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you, you said it perfectly, kind of. You Particularly, there shouldn't be any more U.S. soldiers losing their lives in Afghanistan. But at the same time, it kind of feels like a slap in the face of those who did because now it seems like, what is the worth? And, and obviously, and I don't think you dragged on at all. I mean, I, I honestly think you we could talk about this for a long time. You know, I don't know if that's yeah. what everybody wants to hear necessarily. And it may be more of a talk just for more military type people. But at the same time, like you said, it's just, I think Afghanistan will always have a special, a special place in my heart, regardless of the state of it, just because it gave me a lot of perspective okay. that I didn't have previous to that. And I think, you know, I was only in the military technically three years, but I really appreciate the perspective I got over there so much that it was one of the tools that was used to try to entice me to do even more time to the point where I would just have deployed to Afghanistan twice in three years. And it was something I thought about heavily and was pretty, pretty close to being the type of person who would go back there again. And, and I really did appreciate the perspective it gave me. Like I said, I think coming back from Afghanistan, I appreciated all, all of what is here even more than I than I ever did previously. So 
regardless, I'll, it'll always have a special place in my heart. But I just think about the people we lost over there. I mean, you know, rest in peace, uh, Sergeant Hicks. And particularly, he, he wanted to recruit me, to, and he was saying, you know, we would be on the small team. And once I found out that his team, you know, weren't able to make it back, it even added an additional layer of emotion for me when you hear about stuff like this. It definitely, you know, take takes a, a hit at your your feelings and your emotions and everything, man. Man, rest in peace, Sergeant Higgs, man. Uh, Sergeant Herrera, uh, Specialist Grace, man. And even those that you know beside us, man, that may have been affected by deployment and everything, the, the deployments to Afghanistan that served with us, that also you know served before us, man. That just lost guys. Um, over there, man, I just, my heart goes to y'all, man, and to the families. Um, rest in peace to all those that have fallen over there. But, bro, it's, I, I sit there and just, you know what I'm saying, it's almost like a different clip thing, you know what I'm saying, that plays off in my mind and stuff, whatever, um, the things that we did in, off in Afghanistan, and, and even it's just preparation for um, Afghanistan, bro. Like, for, for me, one of my buddies, um, me and uh, Garcia, went through a language class learning Pashto. And, bro, it was, like, stupid hard. You know, I sit there and I was telling them, I was like, man, I barely even know English. You know, I sit there and slip <laughs> up and, you know, I, I uh, use slang and everything. I, I wasn't. And so I'm like, how am I going to sit here and learn this totally new language that looks like it's just totally just cursive, you know? <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, man, this is crazy. But yeah. we had the teachers there, the, you know, saying help and guide us through. And from there on, it gave me a different perspective. And, you know, them saying that it, they really take pride in, and um, just very, very grateful that we're taking the time out to learn their language, being kind and stuff. And it's something that I tried to show throughout time over in Afghanistan um, and something that others beside me was able to do as well and just um, that we could all just, you know, say work along the side of each other and everything. But man, it definitely had its uh, moments. You really, it was hard to trust. Um, and so it was where you was all, uh, on edge a lot, man. I think, yeah, I mean, particularly when you're mentioning trust and stuff, yeah, I find that was probably the most difficult part because, you know, we're both in, you know, we were in a field artillery unit and my and you know our MOSs are field artillery based. So, you know, part of our job down there was to teach the Afghan National Army, the ANA, how to shoot their artillery effectively. And I don't think that it was coincidental that when we got there, the enemy is, you know, shooting their own mortars and stuff to try to find us and take out our people. Yeah. And you know, they're off by a decent amount but i think you know we did what 11 months i'm not sure you know exactly everybody doesn't do the same amount of time but you know my 11 months it seemed to be the months when they got closer to the time of heading home mm -hmm. I, I don't think it was coincidental that those mortars and those rounds and things just seemed to get closer and closer to our location so i think trust is something that is um an interesting part about being over there um, for sure so yeah that, that I find that very interesting but like I said I think we could go on for a while about 
Afghanistan specifically, and, and there is a lot of emotion involved in that, and, and it's hard to speak on. And I also want to say, you know, yeah, shout out to everybody who's who's you know served, and and even if you didn't go over there, Iraq is is just as crazy or even more crazy in the beginning um, than all that stuff. But also, you know, I want to say, you know, we lost a lot of guys mentally. that were never the same when they came back as well, which also is one of those things that's disheartening. Yeah, for real, man. It um, yeah, man. Shout out, man. Just shout out to man, all the veterans, bro. For real, for real. Yeah, man. It, I, I think it definitely affects you. You know, what I'm saying mentally, it it takes you into a whole nother mindset. You know, what I'm saying you can no longer um think of. things that may hold you up, you know, in that moment that may um, cause hesitation, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that, you know, that's going on back home and everything you got to put in the back of your mind and you in a way definitely have to harden your heart. You got to think, okay, survival, what I got to do to make it home. Um, what I got to do to sit there and make sure my battle buddy beside me is safe. You know, I got people that's, um, counting on me, I got to make sure to and do this right. And so it's a lot that weighs on you at times. It's a shock just being into that whole environment in, in itself. Being in it the time after, you know, uh, it's all just kind of difficult and everything, man. You know, we trained what seemed like for a long time. Uh, well, not a long time for us. I mean, <laughs> I got in like three or four months before we left, you know, got out of AIT and all that. But, you know, it still couldn't really simulate just the environment alone of, of Afghanistan. You know, going over there in January, it was snowing what seemed like six feet deep. And then, you know, you're there until, um, well, like, I, I want to say August or something like that. and And it's like, ridiculously hot like desert time, you know so it's just Yeah, for real. it was very interesting and one of those things you just never forget but yeah i mean to, to the people of afghanistan you know there, there's a lot of good people out there and i hope things get better For real. Praying for man, exactly praying for all of them, man. Praying for everyone involved, man. without a doubt man and um you know we've been talking a lot about emotions and stuff like that and I think that segues kind of perfectly in, into the next overall just topic of of the session for today, and that is emotions and how we handle them on a, on a personal level. So, you know, Desmond, being that we've already kind of talked about the emotions of Afghanistan, how Mm would you say you handle emotions on, on like a personal level, and what type what type of things and tools do you use to process those things effectively for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate that, bro. Uh, I think that just having someone in your circle, um, someone in your friend group that's honest with you, um, maybe even just, you know, when you realize that you got something going on, speaking with a counselor, right? Them letting you know what's, uh, what's actually going on, what, what may be the best avenue to um, help you. I think that for me, you start, it starts off with prayer, bro. You know, I think that just having faith in, you know, God to 
hear me out, you know, and, and try to, you know what I'm saying, hear, hear my heart and everything, bro. I think that he definitely delivers. You know, it'll be days where I'm feeling low and um, just giving that prayer, that moment with him, that time to him and just being open and honest. He definitely comes in and gives me a whole new light, you know. But I think also just um, with emotions and stuff, man, as you learn about, you know, saying what's going on, you're learning that, you know, you're not handling them well. You may be um, stuck in or, you know, uh, withdrawn in a way or just uh, reacting in an irritational way or violent do some research on it, you know what I'm saying? Give the people, give those around you and yourself the um, the love and just actually looking into what's going on so you can take the steps of getting help, you know? Um, I think that's one of the things that really just, you know, kind of fell to me, man, and dealing with my emotions just day to day. Um, it's really just, you know, trying to see something positive. I don't know if you, you heard of... Uh, you know what I'm saying? The hunt the good stuff, the, what they used to tell us? No, that's, that's a little bit newer for me. Yeah, man. So, um, I don't know. Back in, you know what I'm saying, Screaming Eagles, bro, they used to come around and tell us, you know, um, hunt the good stuff. Something is something positive. It's something good. And each day is something good that, you know, um, kind of would settle your mind and everything and give you some joy. Um, and it's something that I try to practice, man, and try to, you know, being others that, you know, around me is being that um, light for them and everything, encouraging them and giving them um, insight on, this, you know, something that's good that's happening that's, that you could be happy about, you know, grateful for and everything. My bad, man. So what about you? How, how about how you handle your emotions? For sure, for sure, no worries. Also, yeah, I find, yeah, the screaming eagles thing—that's funny to me. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know, when I came to the unit, I had this kind of cheery outlook on things to the point where yeah. I think people didn't like it. And when I got there, I used to smile a lot. So when I first got to the unit, I would get smoked a lot for smiling, to the point where I got so good at the regular push-ups, they had to make me do like incline push-ups off different like environments and stuff, yeah. just to try to really. I wouldn't say break me down, but like just stop me from smiling and stuff like that. So the military is funny about that type of stuff, you know. <laughs> they they do sometimes say things and, and make it seem like they want you to be super positive, but you know, you're liable to be too positive and find yourself getting really athletic, which isn't a bad thing, but um but as is far it? as an emotional standpoint, I don't know. My you know, disclaimer, none of this is like advice of what other people should do or anything like that because, exactly. you know, I don't know that I do handle my emotions like super effectively or, or it may not work for everybody. I've been, I have been trying to do some research and just been getting a little more introspective on, I guess, trying to dig in and find out why am I the way I am in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. I think part of that is figuring out what type of things I do emotionally that make me me i guess and in particular myself i do have a lot of narcissistic like traits and stuff like that so that's unfortunate but a part of that emotionally i found out i do a lot of what they consider to be compartmentalization mm -hmm. which 
I don't think, I don't know what, you know, the experts say. I don't think it's probably the best thing, but as far as emotion, emotion and stuff like that, I think I have the tendency to make people believe I don't have a high emotional range. And I'm starting to realize that more and more as of having kids and stuff like that, just being, you know, my daughter being honest with me about certain things about just not, you know, she may be super excited about something and then she tells me about it. And my reaction is not necessarily where she would like it. To, you know, there's no, I don't have a lot of highs and I don't have, I don't have high highs and I don't have low lows emotionally and it doesn't display on my face and stuff like that. So I think a lot of times if I'm feeling some type of way, I'll put the, you know, I'll compartmentalize that. If I'm feeling some type of way about work or something like that, it's like, okay, I feel that type of way and I'll get back to it another time. You know, it's just, it's like storing things in boxes for the different type of people I am at different times during the day. You know, there's the work version of me, there's the um, father version of me. And, and I'll just, a lot of times store certain things in certain places and, and I may get back to them later. Um, but as far as emotions and stuff like that, I'm hoping to kind of, and been trying to figure out how I can just, I guess, be more emotionally available for people and just more, I don't know how to describe it, to be honest with you. I, I'm not, and I even thought, you know, maybe at some point in life, I'll, I'll, you know, speak to a therapist or something like that and maybe just figure mm -hmm. out why I am certain ways. But I personally just, you know, I'll feel some type of way. I may say something, I may not, but a lot of times I'm just storing different things away in different places and get back to them when I can or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it's a weird, I don't really know how to describe it. And I think, you know, emotions is another topic you could probably go on for a long time about, but Oh, I don't really, definitely. yeah, I, don't, I just don't really know how to describe it other than I do, I was doing some research and stuff like that. And I do think a lot of the stuff I do would probably be classified as compartmentalization. So, um, It's an interesting topic, but probably one that you don't want to get into without uh, some
you know, holding it in, it kind of builds up over time and everything. It's it's more stress and it's not where you're able to kind of express yourself or anything. I think that um our wor- uh, words are definitely something special and should be heard. You know, especially man, where we trying to, you know, something we want to get better and everything. That's one of the steps into really just getting, you know, better in our minds and everything and speaking out, speaking on what's going on. Because if not, how are anybody going to help us, you know? Um, but it always takes on the other side, bro, for others to listen. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think that definitely helps with the emotions, with just someone that could hear you out on what's going on, you know? I agree. And like you said, I've been making more of an effort to um, actually, you know, do put that approach into real action. And I think I have been hesitant in the past with that type of stuff. And I think it's just one of those things where at a young age, I realized how quickly folks will weaponize emotions against you. Mm -hmm. So once I learned that, it just became one of those things where it was hard to get out of that mentality. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about like being empathetic to folks and stuff like Mm -hmm. that even people that are close to you that are going through things it it can be hard at some point in time to because you know you should feel like a great deal of empathy but maybe emotionally it's just not triggering you Mm -hmm. as it is that person and i've seen people be triggered by other people's pain and have that show and almost feel the pain through the other person And I have felt that way before, for sure. But there have been times when I definitely should have and I didn't. So I think, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, there is sometimes a an issue with just empathy and stuff like that. And like I said, once people start weaponizing emotions against you, it can be a slippery slope for you to, uh, you know, maybe not have that same emotional range that people are expecting you to have, but you know, with, with kids and stuff and just, I want to be able to have that range and I try my best, but you know, I feel like there's pros and cons at at the same time. I'm usually not, like I said, not being, having high highs is particularly one that I would like to improve on, but not having low lows, Mm -hmm. I think has been one that I've been appreciative of. Is is you definitely want to have some highs and everything, dude, and you know, and be able to enjoy stuff. I think that one just continues to grow when with when it's with your family and all, man. But it's just you know, it takes where you understand what's going on and you know, look into how to actually go about it. Because you, in a way, I feel that it. It can hurt your, you know, saying family members that's around you and everything. You're, you're being distant and stuff. They want to love on you and all, but at the same time, um, you're letting emotions get the best of you and you know your thoughts and all. And so you're being reactant where um, it's hard for it to really just let them in and even to let them know, you know, saying how you want, you know, how you want to interact in that time. Yeah, I think for sure. And then, like you said, you just. You don't want to be super reactive. And and I think that is, that's the thing I struggle with too. I think there's a lot of pros to the approach and that I'm not usually as reactive. Like for sure, there's times when I get mad in the moment, but mm-hmm. like I cool off real quick. Like I can be like, I can react in the moment, like in my mind to something. And then like, 
I'm pretty cool on it and it doesn't really bother me at all. But I have been for sure just being more frank with people about certain things and, and I've found it to be refreshing. Um, I think there's a, a balance to it, but also I'm selfish. So in a lot of ways, I don't feel bad about telling people no about certain things, you know, like specifically with my time is one of those things I've grown like much less, uh, I don't know. I don't do a lot of things extracurricularly that I don't want to do. I see some people that are either getting a cycle where they're just always wanting to help out with things and it costs them a lot. Whereas, you know, being a, as selfish as I am in a lot of ways, I'm able to tell people no and I'm able to kind of, I don't know, dictate my time a little bit better. We'll be able to, you know, strategically, strategically get your stuff done. You know what I'm saying? You'll be able to have time allotted to what you need to do um, and not really get slowed down, you know, uh, or in a sense, be off target. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, we, we all, you know, saying we get a little selfish at times and everything, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when something needs to really get done. You know, um, at the same time, just we really don't need to make it a habit of um, not really having time to speak to others, anything like that, um, because it's some, it may be something in it that, you know, may be able to help us and everything, or maybe it's to help them as well. Um, I think it definitely would, is a good thing to, uh, to help others emotionally and stuff, whatever, because, or, you know, that's a good thing for our emotions, you know what I'm saying? Would you, would you agree? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think I think over the past few years, I've been much more likely to, you know, be emotionally available for for people outside my family, and also just uh, I'm super collaborative in in a lot of ways, which is funny because there is definitely a lot of selfishness. But at the same time, I'm always, you know, looking for ways to collaborate with others, and and I'm grateful for the new project I started workwise. Uh, it's definitely more collaborative, which is great because. I was itching to scratch that collaborative bone again. And even with the podcast and stuff, I've always been somebody that's tried to be collaborative in, in whatever ways possible. And I think that's one of the best parts about the military is everything is so collaborative. I mean, I can mm -hmm. remember in Afghanistan, you and I riding out to the store to go get something. I mean, everything is collaborative in that way. Like you might drive the, you know, the gator and I might drive, you know, through the crazy conditions of the snow and, you know, we're freezing our asses off, but at the same time, yeah. it's all collaborative. So I think I've always been collaborative in that way. And I've always, you know, as the years have gone on, I've been much more open to just being there for folks and stuff like that. And I think it's only helped. Man, in that process, and you don't know it yet, but it is it, built into who you are. You know, little things that you take in from it. And I think those experiences, man, the, um, man, those times, as you said, you were being collaborative with others is pretty, you know, in itself is writing its own story and what's going on. Some crazy, you know, saying um, moment, as you said, sticking it out in the snow and everything, bro, uh, freezing <laughs> your behind off. You have all the snow gear on. <laughs> And it's not doing anything. You're still freezing, you know. <laughs> um, but 
it also goes into, you know, saying stuff that you go through uh, together as far as just going back to early on in the conversation with corrective training when you were saying that you may be over uh, excited. You're being so optimistic that whereas, you know, the person that's over you may not like it. You know, you, you sit and you're smiling too much or you make a, the wrong joke or something. Man, you're going to sit there and start pushing or he's going to have it where it's a team kind of thing and everybody start pushing, you know, since, oh, private so-and-so or so, since so-and-so want to make jokes, you know what I'm saying? We all going to sit there and get in and get some good old exercise. Um, it's something where you can experience together and everything as well as when you're going over overseas, you know, when you're finding a bunch of battle buddies, bro, it's a time where um, you got your battle buddies back and they got yours. You know, anything mm-hmm. can sit there and pop off and all. Um, and to have that realization, you know, saying that that man is right there beside you, going through the same thing, going through, through the same stress. You know, they probably got family back home and everything as well. You know what I'm saying? So being in that moment, you know, that's something, that's a, one heck of a quite of an experience, bro. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's just, I guess that's, it's one of those things that I mean, even if, you know, I'm sure there's people that listen to the podcast that have done a podcast. The amount of collaboration it takes to even do something like that is is one of those things that just Man. makes you really appreciate, you know, collaborating with other people. And I think mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can do alone that will be greater than what you could do with more. You know, there's just there's so much positives to collaboration. So I'm grateful for that. And I mean, you know, collaboration is is one of those things I'm definitely looking to do a lot more of and and I'm grateful for the even that people want to collaborate. That's the craziest part to me. Man. With me. Real. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know that's that's man, it's awesome. Just being where you can have a conversation with someone and everything and you know, you have people that want to join in with what's going on and speaking being on the different um things that we're trying to um do people coming in and implementing their own touch, their own voice to it. You know, I think that's pretty dope, fam. And just, you know, saying in a recent collapse and everything, conversations that having with my battle buddies and stuff, meeting up with guys, man. And I can't wait, man, to sit there and, and come out. Either come out to Virginia, we can meet halfway, bro. Hey, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. With you, we got to make real. it work. <laughs> but, man, in the time that, sitting there and chilling with Campbell and, you know, talking with him, meeting his, his wife, man, a uh, beautiful lady and just how they grown, you know what I'm saying? All, all of us have grown. We were young. We was all around, you know, saying the same age and everything. Um, some of us, you know, my bad Campbell. <laughs> my bad Campbell was like eight years old. That's crazy. You know That's saying, my bro. boy though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, salt <stop>, boy. <laughs> but, um, no pepper, but we was, um, we all, you know, saying able to meet and everything and see each each other in that in that growth, you know, saying that period that we know known each other and stuff, man, is pretty dope. And I I will love, you know, me and um, Sergeant Davis, we was talking and everything, man, and want to get, you know, saying thinking of getting some stuff in together uh, for something dope later on, man, just where we can have a, a, a unit again or whatever, just in a way of just meeting up with our brotherhood and stuff, man, the guys that we 
serve with and stuff, man. I think that would be uh, absolutely some some cool stuff, man, to sit there and just think about and talk about, you know, uh, past experiences, man. Bro, that would be sensational. And, and yeah, for we, we for sure got to have to do that, man. I think, you know, COVID and everything kind of has really rocked everything. But like you said, and we've talked before about it, just the sheer amount of growth that you've seen mm-hmm. in people that were, what, 19, 20 years old, even, mm-hmm. you know, Kimball, just the growth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible to see. And, and it's one of those things that you just couldn't imagine. And yeah. so I, I definitely think that, that would be awesome, man. And I think we definitely got to put that that together one of these days because that would be just incredible. Yeah, bro. Just and thinking back on it, man, just that in, in that time frame of, you know what I'm saying, growing, like you said, we was pretty young and all. Yeah, a lot of us having the experience of the military and having it where it was like, you know, tension everywhere, even with, you know, us coming back from the deployment. I think um, an individual that I met uh, in the military put it best, you know, saying when you when you come back, you kind of feel like a superhero. You know, you're on, on this high, you know what I'm saying? You start, <laughs> you start, you know, saying thrill seeking in a sort of speak at times. Um, and that was very true with me. But it was great to see so many others that was, you know, saying that had that kind of same same mindset. We all kind of dwindling down and everything. We get we, you know, it's it's life. You know, we enjoying it. We were able to see uh, from a different perspective. You know, what to value and putting the steps in to do that. I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, I think it's crazy that you. Yeah, you mentioned kind of that vibe. I think I for sure kind of felt that same way and even once I left the military for some reason I just kept thinking oh I want to be a cop I want to do this and that I just I was looking for that job or firefighter or something you know something where I could kind of feel that same rush almost yeah and I think it's one of those things where even lately I'm just like you know since the military jobs have not been that you know it kind of goes around with the emotional range not being too high or too low it's like everything feels kind of boring in the sense of you know there's no one out there with ill intent for you in the same way and there's you're not in hostile grounds with the enemy you're not in the trenches Mm. it is very different and it it would kind of be selfish just to put yourself back in that position as a person who has a family and stuff like that who's you know (laughs) looking to you to provide us stuff but at the same time i did go through that kind of where can I feel like I'm doing something with a lot of impact that would kind of be like the military, which I mean, I, I really just haven't, I don't man, know. You're that human. It's going to happen, bro. You know, you human. It's going to happen, man. You know, it's, it's, it's the situation in which you find yourself. In so, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the reasons I even considered going back just because the feeling was just so different. Um, but yeah. so I find it interesting that you mentioned, I felt, I felt like it was some kind of hero complex for some reason, but uh, I just wanted to have a job where I felt like I was really making a difference and kind of put in a situation that would have me super aware. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's super interesting that you said that. I think, like you said, it, it's emotions going into just, you know, with the job and stuff, man, trying to find work. Um, once you get out of, you know, transition out of the military, man, a lot of, you know, emotions play on that, man. And it, it affects your family as well. So I think, you know, when you, when you come out, 
some people will just, you know, be in a zero state and everything and just want to have something where they feel like the military, where you feel honor and, you know, you feel like you, you're doing something and everything. And so I, I think, you know, for me, it was to try to get over a sense of pride, you know, and just try to get out there. I, I had to put, you know, saying, take myself out of the light a little bit and everything and, and try to remember what I'm doing it for. But at the same time, like I had told you earlier, man, it's human. You know, it was also where I was selfish with it, you know, um, where I was like, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get this job right here. I'm just trying to do this, do that. Um, it pays good. But when it falls short, bro, you just set yourself up. Saying to be hugely discouraged. Um, plan it out. You know what I'm saying? Try to think ahead. If that if you're trying to get somewhere where, you know what I'm saying, it pays decent, make sure you get your stuff in order to be able to get that. Um, try to alleviate that stress on you and your family no as doubt. well. And just being able to be realistic as well. And that's a thing that I think I had trouble with, you know, at first. Um, is just being realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. And man, I still feel like that. I mean, I'm always thinking about legacy, and then I'm not done doing stuff that really just tries to set myself apart. I mean, shoot, I was thinking about I don't know anything. You know, just like you say, you get in that mentality again. I'm like, you know, if I go be a cop, then I'll go to the academy again. I'll go through basic training again. It'll just be that different yeah. zone. And that, uh, I even thought about being like one of the uh, what do they call them? I can't even remember the name of them now. Like the air patrol type of people like the uh oh like tsa no not like but yeah not kind of but like the ones with, that are on the plane i forget what they're called but i'm like oh like an air marshal or something yeah like air marshal <laughs> I, I had done all this research into that bad boy yeah. and i'm like and i'm like man i fall asleep so fast on a plane i'm like this dude ain't doing you know and you know now i'm all out of shape and stuff but i'm Tough still always thinking like i can get back to it later you know, i'm gonna do something you know i'm gonna do something but i i just need to mind my business and just continue doing what i'm doing but uh, you know, I'm always looking to, I don't know, there's always that look for that adrenaline rush and, and it's hard, but like you say, you just got to be prepared and be realistic and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I like technology and stuff like that. And I've been doing a lot of jobs related to IT and that, and that seems to be a lane where people seem to think I, I do good work. So just, uh, finding that comfort zone also scares me. So. Oh yeah. Shoot, man. It's just taking that step though. Um, I, I think that anxiety kind of gets in the way and slows us down if we, you know, we think on it too much and we don't try to um, kind of act on it. And I think for me, I procrastinate a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I get into a rut where yeah, I got to make a decision, but I don't know, you know what I'm saying? We get, I, I get comfortable, you know what I'm saying? I think we all kind of get comfortable in a way with a, a lot of things. It's, Many times, not good for us, you know. Yeah, I get legitimately and, scared about how comfortable sometimes I feel myself <laughs> getting, and I just feel uncomfortable with how comfortable. Time will fly by, bro. Time yeah. will fly by, man. And you know, saying as you said, you you got you know, what I'm saying uh, dreams and everything. You got plans and stuff, whatever. And you know, even though you're trying to be realistic, I think we have to put in practice. You know, what I'm saying we get into a habit of doing certain things where. You know, it comes into a habit where we're comfortable, you know. And so for something like that, for air marshal and all, man, I think, as you said, you want to, you know, saying get in shape and stuff. 
just kind of like with the military, you know, we were able to build up um, in a way, you know, saying starting off with boot camp and stuff, man, and just going through to our duty station and stuff, whatever. They, it seemed like they was having this expectation of us, you know what I'm saying, being some, <laughs> some goddamn Power Rangers or something like this mug, you know. <laughs> um, but we just get in condition to then what, what they seen as the standard, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, you know what I'm saying, building yourself to it and everything. And then in that time, seeing um, if it would work out for you or if you, you know what I'm saying, you may be get prepared for something else, whatever God has for you, you know? And so it, it may take a turn, but shoot, man, it's a, it may be a good step in the still, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. You know, I even looked into like, being like one of those uh what do you call like personal security and stuff you know what i mean like just oh, yeah, yeah. for certain folks i just thought that would be super interesting man but like you said some of that stuff is just it's it's wishful thinking like i said but i don't know i always want to do some some crazy stuff sometimes yeah for real. <laughs> man you know uh you remember edwards name sounds very familiar he was our medic uh for oh yeah yeah hhv yep. yep man that man he went to uh he did some interesting things, man. Um, working for special forces or not, not special forces. I'm sorry, man. What was it? Secret Service. Oh was yeah, that's what I, was, I couldn't think of the name either. I was thinking special agent. Like, I know what he's talking about, like the White House dudes. Yeah. yeah. So Edwards was, you know, saying he was working with Secret Service and everything, bro. And he he would just tell me some crazy stories and all. You know, I'm saying here thinking like, hey man, you saved the world and everything, man. The president is good. He's like, yeah. bro, like. You know, so we just had somebody drunk just come up the stairs trying to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of that stuff goes on. Some drunk guy trying to pee on the lawn or something ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it my house. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's wild. Nice, but... See, I'm talking like we ain't 30 years old, though. You know, I mean, it's uh, not bro. super out of the realm of possibility, but just one of those things where well, I don't even necessarily need to. Man, I'm telling you, if. Shoot, if it's something your body ain't cool with, man, let, trust me, it will let you know. For sure. Be waking up in a <laughs> be waking up in the morning and everything, be hurting like I got into a fight. Yeah, I um, mean I think my body lets me know all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah man. You're not lying, bro. And I think that that also play in the role of emotions and stuff. Stuff that that's not working like it used to and everything, man. And I think that just um trying to stay in shape definitely helps and all, you know, with um you know, injuries and stuff that we may have went through that's kind of coming up and biting us right in the tail now, you know? For sure. Yeah, I think for sure. That's that, And that's one of those things. I mean, there's probably a list of, of goals I keep for sure that I've just kind of always kept over the years. And I think, you know, getting back into physical shape, I think will also help getting mentally squared away and constantly, you know, making sure everything is well. For real, man. Uh, I think that Something um, that definitely has been encouraged me, encouraging me um, from a relationship standpoint was with my, with my girl, man. Um, she kind of, she brought up the idea of us, you know, working out together in the mornings and stuff before uh, heading off to work. Ain't gonna lie, you know, I'm not too thrilled about getting up early in the morning, bro. Like we thought we <laughs> we got out of that when we got out of the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way, but I feel like I need to at the same time. Like, why couldn't I just why can't I just get up in the morning like I used to do in the military? And building up that routine, you know, it's, it's something that I, I'm trying to work into myself, whatever. We 
we definitely been having a little trouble with that. Um, you know, I, I gotta, you know, saying sitting and just pray on a man because, oh Lord. But I think it's a great emotional thing to be able to work out and stuff, whatever, especially with, you know, your partner or um, just someone that um, you can, you know, be able to conversate with, um, getting those endorphins out, being able to place yourself in a, another mood, um, going out for a run or something like that. Hey, if you, you break out of cadence and everything, you know what I'm saying, just let let everybody know you're proud, you know, um, going down the road and all that stuff, just yelling, man. <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, uh, hey, man, you sit there and you you able to do it. Let's just sit there and be able to move. Go ahead and let it out. But I, I think um, on another side of things, you know what I'm saying, just um, being able to get around and stuff uh, for those that may be difficult, I think it, it definitely, you know what I'm saying, plays, it puts a, a heavy toll on them. Um, not being able to enjoy things like you used to and stuff, man, I think um, it's something that many, and uh, me, you know, saying as well, take for granted. You know, what I'm saying it's, a, I think emotionally, it's 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 discouraging. You know, what I'm saying to do a lot of things that you know you, you may find difficult. You know, so I don't know, man. You think food plays a role with the emotions and stuff? I feel like it has to, but at the same time, I'm not really sure. It feels like a catch twenty two, right? Because I'm a fat boy myself, personally, right? And I'm not, like, super apologetic about it. But the problem is, I know I shouldn't eat certain things, but only the bad things make me feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, it'd be great if, you know, the $10 salad made me feel as good as, you know, the pizza oh, or, or something like that. But it's just one of those things where I could eat, you know? <laughs> Bro. Man. <laughs> You saying that man, you, you ain't ashamed of it? Look, I'm a. I feel like I'm a. I'm a fat boy at heart for real, for real. But man, when you said that, the first thing that popped in my mind was when um, we was in Afghanistan and you was getting a protein shake shipped out there. <laughs> you sitting there drinking the shake, but what going to the gym like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, man. I said, oh. I don't know how Desmond does this, man. These shakes <laughs> is like two meals in one, but this dude ain't growing, you know. And it's funny because. I specifically remember us having very different goals for our bodies when we were over there. You know, you were always yeah. small and your whole goal was to put on more weight by adding muscle. Yeah. But no matter how many shakes you ate, it just wasn't, it wasn't working for you. And Bro, can't do at the it. same time, I just was the opposite where I'm trying to lose weight. And, uh, you know, the shakes wasn't, like you said, you, you fall into a rut, but... I don't know why it was, it was, my metabolism was just was ridiculous, man. Like I could not get weight on me for nothing. And I had the appetite of, I don't know, like somebody that's preparing to be in a contest or something, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't until Edwards, man, uh, he, he did a, a body fat test on me and everything. And then he calculated how much calories I needed to, you know what I'm saying, start gaining weight. And, bro, it was something stupid crazy. Like, I had to, uh, man, I had to find a way. I had to get some uh, mass gainer and everything, bro, uh, to start, you know what I'm saying, trying to gain some weight. But, man, it was where I just found trouble trying to fit in my schedule to, you know what I'm saying, or get into the habit of going to the gym. You know, 
And the thing was, what's going with this big old dude? <laughs> yeah. This man, he was he was a legit like personal trainer or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For sure. Um, like we would uh, you know, saying go out to the gym and stuff, whatever, and do these crazy workouts and all, man. And this dude just sitting and curling one one thirty five and everything, and I'm sitting here benching it, bro. You know, that, that's something that my arms just sitting and struggling with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it definitely sits in goals and everything, man. It sits in place where you can sit there and be like, oh, man, you know, one day I'm going to sit there and do that. One day I'm going to be able to, you know, um, be in this kind of shape and everything, man. And um, no matter what age you're you're at, I think you could still be relatively in good shape and everything. It's the, in, in, in physical shape as well, um, you know. Sitting in Stella could get a groove back and everything, so you could do that too, man. You know, yeah, uh, that's the thing, too. Is another thing, it's like for sure, I think once I am able to hold myself truly accountable and really maintain that discipline, I think it'll be nice. But at the same time, I feel like I don't know if I'll ever truly be healthy because even when I was a smaller person, which seems like ages ago, but I still ate not necessarily the great, you know, because you can be a smaller person and necessarily not be healthy, so. It's one of those things, and I think once you find that fit, it works. But I think my main problem right now was just sleep schedules gotten back off track again. So it's like mm-hmm. I have aspirations to, you know, work out at seven because now I'm working more of a nine to five traditional. So it's like I have the you know aspirations to wake up at seven, hit the gym, have my shower and my bre- good breakfast and all that stuff by a certain time, and be ready to hit the office. At oh, nine, yeah. but you know, with my how bad my sleep schedule's gotten off track, it's just not feasible. So it's one of the, for me, it all goes back to sleep all over again. For real, man. I think that's definitely important, man. And I think it definitely helps with um if you could be a small person and just have horrible eating habits on bro. Um an example of that. You know, <laughs> uh it, it's times where I have to, you know, try to buckle down <laughs> And eat healthy and everything, man. It's it's, uh, but at the same time, after a little bit, whatever you know, saying a few days, I'm able to get into the groove of it. Um, sometimes, you know, depending on what it is for me, my weakness is candy. Yeah. Um, bro, I would, man, I would go through some candy, man, like it's nothing. But I think, I think it's you know, what I'm saying where. I just have to kind of keep in the mindset of what my goal is. Hey, I want to sit there and be fit and everything and have a nice six pack and all be cut up and, and everything. Um, and definitely can't do it, you know, trying to eat this this donut stick, you know. <laughs> but <sure>. so <laughs> would you think that some of the stuff and you know saying I, uh, my bad, Chris, if it if it's I don't know, too personal or whatever, but would you would you think it would be emotional? Uh, emotional tie to eating and everything as far as like um, if you if you was eating you know saying more unhealthy when you're in this type of mood or, or what, what what you think it may be yeah I think for sure I think I think there's probably a lot of studies out there to you know verify that too because I mean you always hear people who get depressed and I think you more often hear from females, but I think males just don't speak up in the same fashion, but like where you get into a mood and then you start to eat poorly and they kind of go hand in hand. But I also think, and there's, you know, I've researched in the past before some of that stuff I think is maybe not hereditary, but I think there's a lot that goes into it that 
that is probably not as I don't know, not as put out there. Yeah, I feel that it may be, you know, saying it could be even too where um, it is where a child could see the parent, you know, saying maybe not in a good mood or something like that, and they see the habit of them going to eat and you know, saying having this comfort food to really um, put themselves in a better mood or something like that, and they just see that as something that you know, if they're in that mood, they do as well. Um, and it just becomes, you know, same uh, habit um, where they just uh, find it natural to do. For sure. I, I think I have a problem too where it becomes like almost a cultural issue too where like I I like to try so many different foods and I'm not very picky. Like I, I'll eat almost anything from yeah. a sense of like even from my upbringing, you know, raised in Japan, you're eating squids and all kind of wild stuff that when I came to the States, particularly a lot mm-hmm. of African-Americans and stuff were just like, no, nah, I'm not willing to even put myself out there like that. But I feel like I just want to eat. I don't have any type of <laughs> like discrimination against food. So I'll, you know, you I'll, hit the, I'll hit the town and just try everything, you know? So For it's really? one of those things where, you know, if I, I feel like if I was like maybe like a vegan or something where I was real picky or like, you know, everybody goes on these crazy diets and, and you know, I'm a pescatarian today, so like if I was doing those things, then maybe <laughs> it'd be easier for me, man. But I really just like to indulge myself in any type of cultural food eating. And I mean, I think culture is also probably tied to it too. I mean, I remember back in the day what soul food used to be a, a whole what was it, a show or a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think you notice those type of people eating soul food weren't necessarily in the in the best shape. So uh-huh. you know, I think there's so much that goes into it, but emotion for sure as well. What, what about you? Yeah, man, I, I think um, emotions does play a, a big part in it. You know, um, I think it, it causes us to, you know, say going to these food binges and everything and where it's uh, bad habits that kind of roll and come downhill. Um, and also, you know, where we necessarily get so stressed out that we don't eat, you know, we deprive our body of, you know, nutrients and stuff, man. And, um, cause us to be an emotional wreck as well. We're not able to focus or anything, um, and so it it causes many many issues, and not only for ourselves but those around us as well that feel as if they have trouble trying to help. You know, they they may um, see you. You know, saying eating all all this food, you know, like it's just a all out buffet and they don't know how to sit in black hey, Like we can't, you know what I'm saying, allow you to keep doing this and everything, man. You you know, um this is not healthy. This is not good for you. Um for sure. but bro, man, just going to the soul food it's good. But Lord, you know, before you know it, you you sitting there, you, you look like you got a name about to put a hula hoop on for a belt. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, playing, man. And I think particularly me, I've been trying to figure out I'm a big meat eater, man. I'd be a carnivore if I really could. And, and you know, I got a grill a couple years ago. So anytime I get a chance to grill out some steak or something like that or pork yeah. in particular, I'm just like, man, if I could shut out some of these things, I, I feel like I'll be so much better yeah. off, man. But 
I could eat, man. I mean, you just talking about the food right now. I'm sitting there thinking, man, what could I eat? But <laughs> it's not even like something that's crazy. It's not like I'm depressed or anything. It's just, it's one of those things. Man, I went to a Mexican restaurant one time, man, and was with my wife. I was going in, bro. Like the waiter got mad. He was like, you serious? I was like, what? You know, like, um, just because I could eat, man. I really can. And there's not a whole lot of, I don't know, man. It's just, food is great, man. And plus, I mean, like I said, I just, I don't know. You get to know people over food. I mean, you get to yeah, have some dope super, conversations. Man. Yeah, so. like when I want to meet up with somebody, I'm looking like, like what kind of restaurant could we meet at and just have a good conversation and eat some food? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just too easy. For real, man. Like, I think that, but just like you were saying, it's funny that you, you know, you're right now you're craving food and we're just speaking on it. Our mind, you know, saying plays some tricks on us and stuff. And, and, and you know, man, people know that, you know, the um, big market and stuff like that, they, they know that. And so they have signs and stuff, whatever. They have things, you know, kind of like, hey, look, look at this tasty hamburger and stuff that, bro, you go into line and everything, you get your food and stuff, and it looks nothing like the goddamn picture or the commercial. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, y'all done robbed me already. I ain't even took a bite. <laughs> For sure. But, um it's where we, we got to have that kind of control too. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, hey, that bacon was good as on or what, but man, I'm going to have a headache. I'm going to sit there and be, you know, um, having some, some issues later on. Um, and man, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, I'm just from the South and everything, man. I grew up in Georgia. Um, used to eat just absolutely anything, whatever, you know, my, my brother, top flight, he was a, <laughs> a big uh, meat eater, man. Like that's mostly what he ate, you know? Um, so I, I guess it was kind of like, you know, saying what you were saying earlier, like he was big on meats and everything as well. But, you know, with that soul food, bro, like you said, there, be eating and stuff, man. All of a sudden the itis kicks in, man, you be sitting there, <laughs> push the plate out and you're not out, you know? <laughs> you ain't you lying, about man. to see. Yeah, you're not lying. Plus, I mean, sodium and stuff. And, and that's another one of my things, man. Probably my favorite food, like my guiltiest pleasure, probably that I do the most, not recently, was like ramen noodles, you know, different kind of ramen. And I mean, the sheer sodium alone, crazy, man, it's just ridiculous. Crazy, crazy amounts of sodium, man. Um, getting into where you're kind of open-minded and everything, looking to different foods to eat, I think it would definitely... Um, be something that you may enjoy um, with that enjoyment, you know, being able to um, have a, a, a uplifting kind of moment when you eat something good and something healthy, you know, it's going to benefit you at the same time. It's not that bad, you know? Yeah. I think that's what the key is for me too, is figuring out why doesn't it feel as good? Like, yeah, you feel good that you felt like you did something cool, but like studs, you eat a salad and you're like, I just wasted my time. Like, I want more food. Like, so my thing is just trying to figure out, you like you said, how can you get that same type of happiness, like, or that great feeling of like, yeah, I just, you know, that was good type of deal from the healthier stuff. So I don't know, been researching some things and obviously, you know, my wife is the one who cooks mainly. I've been trying to get more into it, but like, she's always researching and, and figuring some stuff out. And I think, you know, we recently mm -hmm. tried some like anti-inflammatory or type of food type of stuff, and it's always enjoyable. And I'm always, like I said, I, I don't discriminate. I'll, I'll eat mostly anything, but so it it, it is good, man. But oh, yeah. yeah, man, I could eat.
<laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, man. Speaking of sodium, bro, I, um, I was one to, you know what I'm saying, cook tonight and everything. My, my girl, she's been working all weekend and stuff, so her feet and stuff was hurting. So I wanted to try to, you know, cook something tonight. But, man, I, I had wound up uh, getting um, some vegetables and the duck and all. She she wanted to eat more vegetables and everything. So just trying to, you know, as as it's crazy that we're on this topic, you know, or on this kind of um, segment in the topic. But wanted to try to eat uh, a little bit healthier with the veggies and stuff. But, I mean, you know, I think that it definitely, you know what I'm saying, helps you emotionally and stuff, whatever, just eating healthy and, and having you to um, be able to function a little bit better. You know, I think it, it's great. And it's good to, you know say be around a little bit longer, especially for your loved ones and everything, you know? Yeah, that's the biggest key, without a doubt, just adding, or not adding maybe, but just extending your lifetime. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's Desmond here. From Chris and I, man, I just want to say thank you, you know, for checking us out, for listening to us. If you like the podcast, if you're interested, please just, you know, like, share, and, and rate us. It definitely helps us out, and it definitely, you know, I think would help out others. The more likes and, and shares that we get, the more that we can, you know, reach out to others, as well as the comments and everything. If it's something that you want to hear about or that's to discuss or even, you know, have something to say for yourself, let us know. We're more than happy to, you know, hear you out. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, this is Chris. Just wanted to drop a quick editor's note or final note regarding what we went over in today's episode. This episode was actually shot around two days before the bombings at the Kabul airport. So we just wanted to definitely send out our prayers to all the families affected by those tragedies. And it wasn't discussed in this episode because it hadn't happened yet. And just wanted to make sure everybody understood that particular point. So hope everybody's doing well and thank you for listening.